Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. If you haven't been radically impacted by Jesus Christ, you don't know what this verse is about. You don't understand what it means to let God transform you and to change the way you think, because that's what it is to be in Christ. He gives you a whole new view of what life is all about. And speaking of a whole new view on what life is all about, we have in studio today, Val Harwell. Val is a former CEO and today an international, oh, you're an international consultant or just a national consultant? <laughs> I'd say international. We're going international. She's an international international consultant. Bigger than you could imagine. Huge. Huge. Absolutely monstrous. I first got to hear Val Harwell share her testimony at the Christian Chamber of Commerce uh, meeting back in January. And I said, I've got to bring Val on the radio. So Val, welcome to the I Work For Him show. Thanks, Jim. I'm really excited to be here. I feel so important. (laughs) Well, well, you are. You're a a servant in the world of uh, marketplace ministry. And so I want people to hear your testimony. I was so moved by how God had used you as a CEO. I wanted other people to be inspired by the same things. Well, I'm excited to talk about that. All right. So before we get with that, is there anybody you want to say hi to on air today? 
yeah, how much time do we have? Uh, you know, I'm, well, let's I'm try to limit it to a couple out. hundred people. Okay, all right, a couple hundred people. I got that. Okay, first and foremost, my family. Uh, also want to give a big shout out to my home church, Fuel Baptist Church in Thanoda Sassa. I mean, oh my gosh, Fellowship Baptist Church in Thanoda Sassa. And then my brother-in-law's church in North Lakeland called Fuel Community Church. And my friends at Mich- uh, Midway Baptist Church, uh, I have to give a shout out to to my awesome Dave Ramsey Financial Peace class. They're amazing. And my Sunday morning Common Ground class. And um, a lot of my friends that are listening, God bless you. You're so encouraging. And I got lots of um, prayer texts this afternoon. And I just thank you for that. And um, some former employees, you guys, I just miss and love you so much. So that that's my shout out list. But, okay. Now let's yeah. just make sure all of those people like I work for him on Facebook for me. That would be really nice. I'd love to be able tonight to be able to pop out over 200 likes. That'd be fantastic. And so if they like me on I work for him and then send me an email saying they were actually listening, one of them could win the book we give away tonight. So just oh, come on, guys. You know you can do that. All right. So I, that's exciting. That's a couple hundred extra listeners we got today. Absolutely. Adding to the thousands we have already. It's fantastic. From Tampa Bay and around the world. Yeah. All right. Val, the most important thing you could share with the audience tonight is how Christ impacted your life. That's that's the basis of the conversation. You wouldn't be here if Christ hadn't impacted your life. Let's take it away. I can't wait to share this because I am so burdened um, for people that were like me. Uh, and, and let me explain that. Um, I grew up in... <laughs> um, well, in poverty. But the one thing that was a constant was that we were in church. We lived with every relative um, at least twice and um, several times my, my grandfather. And uh, every Sunday we were in church and, and I grew up knowing the plan of salvation. I knew I had a great head knowledge um, of of Christ and, and I'd witnessed to people. Uh, and by the time I was 24, I was married. I was uh, actually married to the youth director at our church. I led the youth choir. I sang. um, I taught Sunday school. And our pastor did the coolest thing. He said that he wanted people to be able to give their testimony in 30 seconds or less. And so... By the way, he didn't do a very good job then because it's already been over 30 seconds. No, I told you, God... I, t- I shared with Jim that God hasn't put me in time out. Uh, I get in trouble a lot. So. Well, you're not in trouble. I just uh, wanted to make yeah. sure I brought that up. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sure if he's listening uh, that that he's already looked at the time. Uh, so that was just the prelim to how it got to, to the story. Jim. So um, I wanted to be able to do that. And I, I set up an, an appointment with him to go over to his house. And I said, his name is Garland Combs. And I said, Brother Combs, and I, Brother Garland, I'd like to just work on my shtick, you know. I, w- I want to be able to do that in 30 seconds so I can just, you know, pop up on Wednesday night and and uh, give my testimony. And so I came over to his house on a Tuesday night and we were sitting on the couch and I was sitting right beside him and he shared with me Acts chapter 10 about Cornelius and how Cornelius was a very religious person, but he did not have a personal relationship with Christ. And 
the Holy Spirit convicted me right at that moment. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm lost. And I remember that I, I, I found myself grabbing onto his elbow. He was wearing this blue jacket. And, he, and I grabbed his elbow thinking, you know, if the rapture happens, you know, <laughs> I was thinking, shut up, stop talking, I'm lost, I, I, I need Christ. Um, thinking back, I, I know that, you know, because I'd already had a heart change that would happen. But here I was very active in church and certainly had a great head knowledge just not a heart knowledge. And I thank God every day for a pastor who never assumed that I had a testimony, even though there was nothing, no reason for him to think differently based off of what my life. And to this day, any Bible study or class I teach or any um, Christian environment, if I'm speaking at a conference, I start off with um, that, that that I don't expect or, or just don't expect that I think for one moment because you're sitting in here that you know Christ as your personal Savior because I think there are a lot of people who are on our church rolls that we unfortunately won't see in heaven. I have to tell you, the following Sunday when I went forward to make that proclamation, I was so nervous. Um, and uh, I you know, I thought people were, I mean, Satan had gotten some things in my head. They were going to pull pe- their kids out of my class and, uh, oh, it's just going to be awful. And instead what happened is within a month we saw our Sunday school director come to know the Lord. We saw our church clerk come to know the Lord. Um, and a lot of people that were in various leadership positions in our church came to know the Lord because it made them question their relationship. So that's how I was 24 years old and um, had a great head knowledge. But that was the day in February uh, of 1984 that, oh, I just gave my age away, darn it, uh, that I came to know the Lord. The people have to be really listening to figure out the whole age thing. I'm working on it right now. All right, so <laughs> here's here's the question for you then, or, or here's the statement. You've you're a, so people understand why did I bring Val on the radio? She is a business person as well. So Christ has made an impact in her life, but she's also a business person. Share a little bit about your business background. You got a minute? No, you don't. You got 45 seconds. Okay, 45 seconds. Um, I started at the bottom of a large insurance and risk management company, worked all the way up to have ownership, became the CEO um, before we sold to a bank, grew the organization from um, about $150 million in sales to $750 million in five years, uh, was recruited from there to become the CEO of a behavioral assessment company, and then um, owned my own consulting firm now awesome okay well (laughs) listen today we just started talking with val harwell who is a who is a former ceo and now runs her own international consulting business talking about as a ceo how can you make an impact on your workplace for christ all right val you've talked about how christ impacted your life you've talked about your resume which is extremely impressive let's hear some of those stories about how god has used you in the workplace Oh, there's so many. So I'll, I'll, I'll just start with the first three that, that pop in my mind. But one of the things that I want to say that as um, a leader and just as a Christian uh, in general, uh, one of the things that I think that we forget is that every day our objective is to get up and glorify God in all that we do. And there are there are a lot of people who don't become Christians they don't come to know Christ because of us. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? I don't even understand that. We don't we're, we don't seem to 
show a lot of joy and, and that we're happy and 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 fulfilled by Christ and and the love of Christ and caring about people and and I know better than anybody it is hard when when you're the CEO and you have all those responsibilities and you're just pulling your hair out every single day but you know that we need people to see the joy of Christ and that Christ is providing for us and that we love and care about them and 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 just I think joy and laughter is so important. My brother-in-law that I mentioned earlier, um, that's two shouts out now, so a little extra credit. Maybe I ought to get a free meal out of that deal. Yeah, I think something. um, Was saying that when he started dating my sister-in-law, he didn't know Christ as a Savior. And I I can tell this story because he recently preached this sermon at his church. And that is that he didn't want to become a Christian because he never thought we laughed like that any Christian he ever knew was always so stoic and you know quoting scripture or you know just just seemed to be judgmental and and until he met my husband and I who don't do much but you know find the humor (laughs) in in things and 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 that that actually was a witness to him and one of the ways one of the things that that brought him to know Christ and now he's pastoring a church of you know they 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 just started two years ago they've grown to 400 people it's just I mean God's using them in a in a mighty way but you know I just think about that I'm conscious of that all the time about the joy that 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 we're supposed to be the light of the world and 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 God calls us to do that and to glorify him and to to, to be joyful and 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 just laugh and and so that people I mean that in itself makes you different and wonder they're either you know people are like they're either nuts or there's something there so, you know. <laughs> or there's something oh, yeah. I like the way you said it okay <laughs> and really that goes down to you know, you got people who are religious, and that's who people think Christians are, the religious yes. people. But that's not who Jesus was, and that's not what Christians really are. They're supposed to be Christ-like. And I know for a fact that Jesus Christ laughed a lot, because look at the people he hung out with. Fishermen. I love it, right? Those guys the were... the best. I, I imagine, I always, I, as I taught, Martha and I, my wife uh, taught junior high and senior high uh, ministry for years. And we always joke about the fact, you know, all the times they crossed the, the Jordan River. Uh, everything I've been told about it today is it's a muddy river, okay? <laughs> and and I just I just picture that time where they went across the river one time and somebody slipped and they fell on the mud and they grabbed some mud and they, you know, probably John and he picked it up and throw it at Peter, yeah, you know, and he missed Peter and smacks Jesus right, right in the probably, back of the head, yeah, right, and Jesus said. He, you know, he knew who did it because he knew. He turned around, threw the mud back. I know that I happened. It's it not happened, doc. It's not right? documented in the scripture. But they crossed the Jordan River. How many times is a muddy river? You know, they had a mud fight at least once. Absolutely. You. I was talking to Jim earlier about a book um, that I love, and it's called um, Beautiful Outlaw, and it talks about <laughs> Jesus was seen as an outlaw, and 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 he had such a great sense of humor, and it takes stories that we're very familiar with, and and retells them, but just like that, you know, exactly. What do you think? Jesus was thinking when he's, you know, standing there and this is going on and the way that he would respond and his sense of humor and he created us. We, I mean, that's where we got, you know, laughter and joy is, is from Christ. And so, you know, I think that's one of the best ways we can be Christ-like. And um, actually in one of the stories I was going to, uh, I, I wanted to share and um, I was going to save it for last, but that's a, it's a, it's a big point in that that story, and um, this story is about an individual named Barb. And when I um, 
came to be the um, CEO of, I was uh, recruited um, to, to be the CEO of a, an organization. There was absolutely no laughter. There was no joy. There was, everyone just kind of went into their offices and, and, and didn't speak to each other. And there was no camaraderie and camaraderie. And I just, you know, I, I, when I met Barb, I fell in love with her the second I met her. And um, she handled our largest account. So as a CEO, obviously, I wanted to get to know our top 25 <laughs> right away. It's kind of, you know, important and build a relationship with them. And and because of that, I got to travel with her and, all over the country and be with her. And she was a fitness nut. If you had anything that was bad for you in your mouth, um, she would just smack it right out. And, you know, you should only drink water. And uh, she, she worked out every day, but she was so much fun. We always talked about getting plastic surgery. You know, we were, we're exactly the same age. She's one week older than I was. And um, <laughs> when I was telling this story at the Christian Chamber, sharing this um, about the workplace, I said, you know, she wanted to have her eyes done, and I wanted to get rid of this gobbler chin. But then all of a sudden I realized I became very self-conscious <laughs> of uh, – so, As you said yeah, that in front of 100 I, people. Exactly. Yeah. I need a turtleneck or something. But um, Barb and I celebrated our 50th birthday together in July – of 2011, and um, I, I I love to take my first consecutive ever two-week vacation, and when I returned, she came to my office, and she said, look at this lump in my neck. It just came up yesterday, and I told her she had to leave the office immediately and go get it checked, and you know, I mentioned she was a health nut, um, but the day they were going to put her under, they were going to take a biopsy, and if it was cancerous, while they still had her under, they would go ahead and put a port in, and as the CEO CEO, this is this is what I did, and we, you know, Jim and I were talking about some of the things that you can do as a CEO and how you can make a difference. We talked about joy, we talked about laughter, but here's what I did when Barb was going to go under, and she was the heart of this company. She'd been there 20 years. Um, I sent out an email to the entire staff, letting them know what time Barb's biopsy was scheduled for, and I gave them three options. I said. They could stop and have a moment of silence in the privacy of their own office, and that um, there was also going to be a separate group meeting in our training room um, to pray together. And um, but as for me, uh, or to meet together just for emotional support. But as for me, I'd be praying in my office, and. I have to tell you, God is so good. This was not a Christian environment. And um, all but one person piled in to my office to pray with me. No one went into the trading room. They all came to my office. And I was so overwhelmed, Jim, at God's greatness. And I knew the majority of them weren't Christians yet. And there they were. We all held hands and, and I prayed out loud. So never underestimate you know, the, the mission field that God has laid in front of you. And, and the fact that he gave me that opportunity to, and, and that's the thing. If you're in a, a, especially a position of responsibility, I understand more than anything, God gave you that platform. He put you there for a reason. So um, I, I had just mentioned that uh, all the individuals in the office, with the exception of one, came to my office and prayed. Uh, and, and I was just, God's just overwhelming. Well, sadly, Barb was diagnosed with lung cancer. She'd never smoked a day in her life. And as it turns out, it had already metastasized into her liver, her spine, her bones, and her brain. 
And I have to tell you that I have never, ever been more burdened to share the gospel with anyone than I was with Barb. And I prayed constantly that God would allow me the opportunity just to witness to her. She had never been involved in church her entire life. And she told me once she hated religion. I said, I do too. So did Jesus. What? Amen to that. (laughs) I think surprised her. Um, While the day after um, I had prayed and then one night, um, God woke me up and said, go look at your at your phone. And there at 2 a.m. was a request from Barb saying, I know you're busy, but is there any way you could have lunch with me tomorrow? And so Barb and I went to lunch and right there at um, 717, if you're familiar with that restaurant, um, that's where we were having lunch. And there's so many pieces to this story I have to leave out just uh, in the interest of time. But um, God gave me the ability to um, lead Barb to Christ. And as I witnessed to her and told her what God had done in, in my life, I'll never forget one of the things she said to me. So please don't forget this. One of the things she said to me, now here's someone who had never been involved in church. She hated what she called religion. Um, One of the things she said to me was, wow, I've never heard someone actually tell their own stories about what God had done for them. And that was so powerful to me. And then she looked me in the eyes and she said, can you help me? And I said, help you with what? And she said, ask Jesus into my heart. And I have to tell you, the funny thing is, is that in my head, because I'm a very visual person, I just imagined getting up, running out of the restaurant and doing the God dance because I just asked for an opportunity to witness to her. And she was, and it was like God was just smacking me on the back of the head going, get back in there and close the deal. And so right there at the table over lunch, I, I led, um, God just was so gracious, and I was able to um, lead Barb to um, into a personal relationship with Christ, and she asked Jesus in her heart, and that that brought a lot of additional changes in our office. Um, we started a morning prayer group, which I haven't been there in several years now. It still continues to this day. Other cl- um, closet Christians began to step out, up and out for him, and someone who had known um, Barb for 12 years and was a Christian was convicted because she hadn't shared the gospel with her and it encouraged her to begin to share the gospel and to let her faith be known. And God's just so amazing. And I would just encourage you to ask him to use you, ask him to give you the right words and actions, because it's not about us. He, the Holy Spirit's already been there before us. And whether we're the ones that's going to bring someone to Christ um, or somebody beyond us, we might just be planting a seed. He just calls us to be faithful and continual communication about him and his love and his glory and salvation. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I I like to put that in another way. Just pray that God will give you the eyes to see people the way he does. That's one of my biggest prayers. And um, Jim and I have never had this conversation before, but I I pray that often. Um, And uh, one time I was singing in the choir and I was looking out at the congregation and I said, God, help me to see what you see. And I burst into tears, the sadness and the struggles and the, you know, because we're we're quick to be judgmental. And when you look at people. Me? I'm not quick to be judgmental. Yeah. That must be you, not me. Oh, well, well, I saw your notes where you're already judging me. (laughs) And I have an encyclopedia over here that I've written down about you. Um, But but, that's so true. I mean, that's what I struggle with all the time is that danger to be judgmental. It is. And instead of seeing people for who they are, and then, so I just pray, Lord, I know I'm struggling with this person. Help me to see 
them the way you the way see that them. you do yeah there's a great song called give me your eyes so i can see i love it by brian um, brandon heath and um that's what it's about and and seeing people through jesus's eyes because everybody has a story jim you just might not see it no, but everybody has a story that's for sure i heard brandisa are coming here pretty soon brandon heath and mandisa are coming oh they, my god they call it the brandisa <gasps> tour oh i love it i heard it. that when oh. i was driving across the country this weekend okay all right val we've got four more minutes can you get one more story in about harriet yeah, I can. Um, uh, I, one other thing I'd just encourage you, if God lays someone on your heart, definitely respond to it. Reach out to them. You will never, ever, ever be disappointed. Let's talk about what that means, because I, and even if this takes us into the next segment, laying somebody on your heart, because for me, what that means is all of a sudden a name gets yes, popped into my head. Right. And for many years, I would go, oh, that's kind of a random thought. Where did that come from? And you move right. on about your business. And all of a sudden I realized those names are being put in my head so that I would pray with the, pray for those people because there was usually something going on in their lives. So I would pray for them. And then I all of a sudden got the prompting, you know what? Don't just pray for them, pray for them and then call them and say, God asked me to pray for you. How should I be praying? What's going on? And all of a sudden, time after time, after time, after time, people will go, Jim, how did you know to call? I'm like, I didn't. Right, God just put your God. name on Yeah. So is that what it means for you, too? It does. And um, in this particular situation, um, I had been traveling on business, and I don't usually carry a lot of money, a lot of cash in my wallet unless I'm um, traveling. So for You anybody, should see the bundles of bills coming out of her wallet right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Well, so anyone who might be, like, harboring, you know, <laughs> waiting for me to come out of the studio, uh, I, I have $14 in my wallet. So, <laughs> you know, go for it. Uh, but this particular time, I, I still had $200 in my wallet because I had been traveling on business and always take extra cash cash and um god woke me up in the middle of the night to pray for an individual named harriet she was one of my employees and i had 200 employees and this was an employee that i didn't have a lot of interaction with my office was on the second floor hers was on the fifth floor and um i just i woke up and i prayed and prayed and prayed for her and the next morning um i i didn't want to go up to her cubicle because i didn't want to draw attention and embarrass her but god told me to give that 200 dollars to her in my wallet and so I called her down to my office which <laughs> you're the CEO uh, exactly yeah apparently no one wants to come like so by the time the poor thing got there she was shaking and Harriet was a single mother she had um she wore hearing aids and she had which caused her to have a speech impediment I, I want to make sure people understand what you did you called her down to your office Something maybe CEOs, when you get prompted to pray for an employee, go to them so that you don't, because they do. If you call people in your office, they think you're going to fire them. Right. But she was in an open cubicle and I didn't want to embarrass her. And so I had the opportunity okay. to speak to her privately in you know, my office. And, and so she came in and I, you know, I recognized she was nervous right away. And she was like, it, it, it's something, you know, wrong. And I'm like, no, sweetie, listen, I, I just, you know, you're probably going to think this is crazy, but God woke me up in the middle of the night and told me to pray pray for you. And Harriet, I'm supposed to give you this $200. It's everything I have in my wallet. And God wants you to know how much he loves you and that he sees you and he hears you. And she started crying and she threw her arms around me and she said, Val, I, I, I was going to take my own life last night because I don't have any food to feed my children. There is nothing in my refrigerator, nothing in my freezer. 
and um, I thought they'd be better off without me. And um, I just, of course, I was crying, too, and just praising God. I said, well, you should know how much God loves you, that he would wake me up in the middle of the night to pray for you and tell you tell me to give this to you, that you needed it. And then I took my checkbook out and wrote her a check for $1,000. <laughs> I was like, I'll give her everything I have. Here's anything I have. But but God used that in, in, in my life and hers. And that day, Harriet walked out of my office, a new creature in Christ because of that mm. stories like that if we would just learn to be transparent and listen to the lord which is something i pray again almost every day holy spirit use my ears but help me to listen and to, to hear you and to listen and be obedient because because you can get those thoughts and we won't do anything with them right well and that's the thing is doing something with them is is when he's laying something on your heart and and you know so many times and i have this great story i'd love to tell you have to have me back on the radio so i can share it well no problem yes we're talking about living with abandon in the workplace with val harwell former ceo and she's talking about how you can impact your workplace for christ but that's it we want to live with abandon because we don't want to leave anything left on the table when we get out of here it's all got to be spent and val that's what you've been talking about you had your great story about barb you had your great story about harriet and if you missed the first 45 minutes of today's show you need to listen to the archive because those stories are powerful two opportunities that god prompted you to lead and you were, had the opportunity to lead those two ladies to christ val yeah. welcome back to the show thank you all right so here, here's what i want to end the show in, in the next 10 minutes as we as we tune out I want to ask you, that person that actually was able to incorporate their faith in Christ into their workplace, what kind of advice would you like to give that average Christian business owner about how to incorporate their faith into the workplace? Well, first and foremost, I want to encourage you. If you are a Christian business leader, from the bottom of my heart, and I am just in in continual prayer and diligent prayer for people who are in that role and responsibility, but I want to encourage you to recognize that that the workplace is the platform that God gave you. He calls some people to the mission field. He calls some people to host a radio show. He calls. Uh, we're he, still trying to we're, figure that we're, one out. Yeah, aren't we? We, we don't know, where, but we're, but we're working on the explanation. But we all have different gifts in Him. Every single one of us, and and our. our I, it's about the body of Christ. Use what God gave you, how he gifted you. Show joy. Show people that you love and care for them. You're, you're possibly the only Jesus that they ever get to see. And there's a lot to that old saying that people don't, you know, they until they know how much you care, they don't care. It, it's, it's, me, it's just meaningless to them. But since Sincerely praying for them, letting them know when they have problems, get to know your people uh, when they have issues. Tell them you'll pray for them. That's so powerful. I can't tell you the number of times I've said that. And and when they have issues, I'm the person they come to and I get that opportunity to share Christ and and pray with them. So absolutely, you know recognize and thank God every day that he gave you that platform. Ask him, create an awareness and a consciousness. God, you know, put someone in my path today and help me be smart enough to see it, you know, <laughs> Amen to that one. not miss it. Cause oftentimes he's, he's showing them to us. We're just so, you know, focused on other things. And I know we're pulled in a million different directions. And I think that's part of Satan's master plan is to pull us in so many directions and so much responsibility. But I want to encourage you. And I think the thing that I hear the 
most is that, you know, so many CEOs are hesitant because they don't feel like they have the legal right to to talk about Christ or share their faith or and and you do. You absolutely do. Um, and and you can incorporate it. And in. I know so many companies who've incorporated in their in their uh, the things that they're their free gives giveaways. If they're sponsoring a golf tournament, if they're, you know, whatever they give client gifts, it'll have scripture on it. They drive around with scripture on their vehicles. They let it be known. But don't do that unless you're going to be a good driver. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> share things about your, as I mentioned earlier, your extracurricular life. If you can talk about it, if you shouldn't be sharing them, don't share it. Um, but definitely, I just want to, you know, I want to encourage you because it is a tough, tough job and it's overwhelming and responsibility at time. And just remember, God will never give us more than, than he can handle. It's not what we can handle. He'll never give us more than he can handle. And so I would just encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. You're making a difference. You might not see it. I, you know, always have this kind of this um, saying that if someone comes in, you know, if you think people are knocking down the door every day to come into my office to tell me how great I am and how much they love the place, you'd be sadly mistaken. Um, But the point is, is that you're making a difference when you are being Christ to someone and walking and demonstrating the ways of Christ and 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 being Christ-like and don't forget the joy don't forget the laughter and don't forget being real be yourself Absolutely. you know employees look to you and they think this person you know don't come up as being um, arrogant egotistical you know be yourself there's so much grace and respect in that and and they feel like they can relate to you and they're more likely to come to you to ask you questions about what they do in a certain situation or what makes you different and why why you seem so different and so full of light and I'll tell you what, I agree. I sat down over lunch today with a business leader in Tampa, and he said, but Jim, how do I start? And I said, start by getting the names of all of your people, the names of all of your cl- clients. He happens to work with lots of different clients. So the names of your clients, the names of their spouses, and the names of their children, and just start praying for them. And then, I mean, just start praying. Don't even tell them you're praying for them. And then have that opportunity after you've prayed for them for a while, and you'll God will start leading you into a deeper relationship with those people and give you an opportunity to say, hey, you know, I've been praying for you for a while. Anything specific you'd like me to pray for? Oh, that's a great, great way, Jim. And, and, and it just starts to segue in, in there. And sooner or later, those people will come to you and say, I see something different, and I've got this going on in my life. What do I do? And, and all of a sudden, now you have an opportunity to say, well, let me just give you my perspective, because my perspective is different because I have Christ in my life. So it's, it's so different, but you start with praying for your people. And I'm talking whether those are your employees or your bosses. Absolutely. Pray for them, but Absolutely. pray for their spouses and pray for their children. Uh, it's a powerful witness, and God can use that. And one of the things that I used to do with my employees is I would send letters um, to their spouses and uh, or you know whomever their, their important family members were, telling them how important that person was and how much I recognized that they couldn't do what they did for our organization if it wasn't for the support of their family and those other people in it. And I, I thanked them. And many times at events, you know, we, we focused on them and, and the appreciation of them and the fact that they're willing to, you know, share that and get, they get, they give up a lot for that person to, to work. And you do that by getting those families together. I mean, have Absolutely. company, company picnics 
are a fantastic idea. And by the way, the weather's perfect here, you know, 360 days a year. You can have a picnic anytime and never worry about the weather going bad, but have that opportunity to get together and do a potluck picnic because those are fantastic and pray for the food and just start it off that way and let people meet your spouse, let people meet your children and see differences in them. It, it makes such a difference. <clears throat> I, I just can't tell you, I've always been a big believer of getting to know my people and their family because what they're going through at home totally impacts your business and the way that there's performance. And so, you know, get to know them, get to, to love them, to care about them. That is a huge differentiator for you. People can take your, your product, but they can't steal your culture. Make it a Christ-like culture. That's right. And be honest with people. And when you screw up, one of the best things admit a Christ-like it. leader do, admit it and Absolutely. ask their forgiveness. All right. So going to business his way. Has your life been radically affected by Jesus Christ? Are you running a business? Does it look different than your competition run by a non-Christ follower? If you're perplexed on how to incorporate your faith so that your business does look and feel different, because, by the way, if your life's been impacted by Christ, your business has been impacted Absolutely. by Christ, and it should look different. All right, if these questions or today's topic finds you desiring a deeper understanding of how God fits into your workplace, then check out Business His Way. It's a biblical mentoring process designed for you to learn how to follow our Lord in your workplace. Brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay, and I work for him. And I've had a lot of people ask me questions about this. This is not a replacement for C12. It's kind of an intro to C12. It's kind of an intro into the whole mentoring discipleship program on how to incorporate Christ in your workplace. And that's why it's brought to you by C12 Tampa Bay and I work for him. For more information, give me an email, send me an email to Jim at iWorkForHim.com. That's Jim at iWork, the number four, him.com. All right. Next week on the I Work For Him show, we'll be talking with Ed Coble about DeBartolo Development. De oh, wow. I knew I was going to do that. DeBartolo Development and Impact Tampa Bay. Ed will be sharing about his testimony and how God is using him to make an impact for Christ right here in Tampa Bay. Tune in to hear Ed's story and how God has been involved in the intimate details of Ed's life. All right. My sponsors are people I trust, people you can trust. Please do business with them. Thanks to C3TB. Christian Chamber of Commerce, Tampa Bay, yes. Ross Harrop with C12 Tampa Bay, Luke Andrews with Generation Mortgage, and Charles Ruttenberg Real Estate, Dan Geyer with Direct Hits Management, Gary Melanowski with Chick-fil-A on Seminole Boulevard and Park Boulevard right here in Pinellas County, and we'll be on location there on the 28th of April. Eric Most with Most Insurance, 2B1 Ministries, Marriage Mentoring for All Couples at First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks, and Jim Brangenberg with Platinum Information Services. On my, on my website, iworkforhim.com, you can find links to all of their websites and all of my show sponsors. All right. Thank you to my guest, Val Harwell. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. Now, Val, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, this would be, thank you. This is awesome. Um, my business is Cornerstone Consulting. Cornerstone com is, is a, comes from the meaning that Jesus is the cornerstone. So that's where the name came from. It's V Harwell at cornerstone-consult.com or 813-240-1471. I'd love to hear from you. Cornerstone-consult.com at 813-240-1471. All right. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mike Miracle. You did a great job today. Keep me on time and tell me to be quiet and move on. All right. If you found today's show inspiring or challenging, let me know. Jim at iWorkForHim.com. You've been listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. I'm a business owner. But ultimately, I work for him. Because just a king is not enough.